can I have discretionary accounts as my own RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RA video series. It is question number six. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you learn everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Uh, today's question is, as your own RIA, can you have discretionary accounts? Now, the short answer of this is yes, you can. Uh, now, a big difference, you might be used to at your current firm, if you're with one of the more traditional, either large or small firms, you probably had to get approval from your firm uh, to be able to act with discretion with your clients. Uh, and dependent on the firm, the firm might have some sort of tenure requirement, experience requirement, training requirement, whatnot. Uh, but basically, you, you were at the mercy of your firm to decide whether you were worthy or not of acting with discretion uh, with your clients. Uh, as your own RIA, you, the RIA, get to decide if the advisors, yourself, uh, have discretion with the firm's clients. So obviously you get to decide what that approval process is or is not um, going through that. Now, one thing to keep in mind, this has nothing to do with the custodian you are with. So you will need a custodian, and I'll do a whole separate video on this, to house your assets uh, for the RA. So the RA will be providing the services to the clients, the custodian will house the assets. You neither uh, need the custodian's approval either uh, for discretion on these accounts. Quite frankly, the custodian is completely indifferent. They have no supervisory or compliance responsibility for the RIAs that use them for custody and clearance services. So likewise, they don't have any obligation to decide whether you're worthy or not of, of acting with discretion. They, they essentially stay completely out of it. Um, because the reality is your relationship, kind of the three-way relationship between the client, uh, your client, your RIA, and the custodian, basically the client is given the custodian authority to take trade-in instructions from you as the RIA. So that, that's gonna happen, the custodian has that authority, RIA says place this trade, I place the trade in the client's account as custodian. Um, as to whether you have discretionary authority over the, that account with that client is between you and the client, has nothing to do with the custodian. Uh, so the question is, well, how would you uh, kind of memorialize that? And that's, that's in what's called the advisory agreement, which I'll do a whole separate video on this. So as your own RIA, you will have your own advisory agreement, which is a two-party agreement between the RIA and the client. The custodian is not part of that. Um, and the RIA will, will say, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Client, I'm going to act uh, in with discretion on your account. And so it's fully disclosed. And do you agree? And by the client signing off on the advisory agreement, they're given the approval for you to do that. So again, the custodian, the third party in the, in the three uh, parts of this is not involved in that at all uh, as part of the decision. Um, now, last thing I would point out on this is uh, sometimes I get questions, do, do I have to do all discretion or 
do I have to do all non-discretionary or can I do some, uh, uh, some clients one way and some clients the other way? You, the, the question, the answer is the latter. You absolutely can do the latter. Um, you can have some clients uh, discretionary, some clients non-discretionary or, or one way all, all the way or the other. Most RIAs generally are all discretionary or near all discretionary. Uh, I'll give you an example where we do see often some non-discretionary assets in there. And so let's say you have a client that has uh, $5 million and 2 million of that is, is with in Coca-Cola stock uh, because they were a longtime executive and they accumulated this stock. And, and for, the, for the time being, at least, they want to hold on to that Coca-Cola stock. Usually what we would see an RIA do is set up the remaining 3 million that the RIA will manage in, into one account and, and they'll have discretion on that account. And so basically, hey, I'm taking responsibility for managing the assets in this account. And then we'll open a second account and put that Coca-Cola stock in, in client just so we're fully aware, as the RIA, I'm, I'm not gonna have discretion over that. And, and the reason you wanna do that as an RIA is because let's say Coca-Cola stock plummets. Uh, if you have discretion over that account, could that client fairly or not come back at some point in the future and try to say, oh, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, advisor, you had discretion why you saw the stock going down surely you saw the stock going down why why didn't you sell out of out of my position and, and whether that's fair or not there is that risk so one way you mitigate that is, is you do separate that asset aside and you you make it clear to the client hey i'm i'm acting in a non-discretionary capacity with respect to this this portion of the asset so that's usually where we see non-discretionary assets come in because again most RAs are running the money on a, on a discretionary basis um, and the final point on that is all of this has to be disclosed in the ADV so you, you could actually and, and anyone could if let's fast forward you've started your own RA uh, you've moved your assets you've, you've updated your ADV with the, the latest assets um, the ADV actually has to break it down so let's say you have 400 million in assets and, and 350, we're using simple numbers here, or discretionary, and then, then another 50, for whatever reason, is, is non-discretionary. In the ADV, you actually have to break that out and, and say, hey, I have 400 total, 350 discretionary, 50 non-discretionary. So uh, it does need to be out there for the clients to see, for, for prospective clients to see, the regulators to see. Uh, but the main, the main takeaway is you, as the RIA, have full autonomy to decide whether you're going to offer discretionary services to your clients or not, or, or in some cases, you might insist on them being non-discretionary, but you don't need to get anyone's approval. You don't need to get your, your current firm's approval like you do now. Uh, you don't have to get the custodian's approval because, uh, again, they are, they are indifferent to it. It is, it is solely up to you as the RIA as to whether you want to have discretion with your clients or not. Uh, so with that, like I said, my name is Brad Wales. I'm with Transition to RIA. Uh, you can find me, if you're not already there, transitiontoRA.com. Uh, lots of videos, uh, white papers, all kinds of resources. This is what I help advisors with, is every detail they want to learn and understand about how to potentially, first you gotta learn about it before you actually start the path, transition to the RA model. So I'd love to help you with that as well. You can see my resources. Uh, certainly feel free to reach out and contact me. There's a contact link at the top of the page. You can instantly schedule uh, a one-on-one -on -one Zoom conversation. Uh, and we can begin to have a dialogue to help you with this exact sort of thing as you, as you explore options. Happy to help you with that. So with that, I hope you found this video to be helpful and I'll see you on the next one.